0: Case. Hope not right. hate are basically controlling Britain. Hope not hate. An alluring name for those more concerned about social justice than truth. These backward these backward thinking, virtue sick virtue signalling, fake news create. Yeah. A climate of fear by Simon Murdoch. Read by Faisal Farouk. Riace sits in the region of Calabria, in Italy, which makes up the toe of the nation that stops short of punting Sicily further into the Mediterranean. His old coastal towns and villages are often hidden high up amongst hills full of jutting jagged stone and sunbaked earth, dry brushland, grazing sheep and just the occasional olive grove. The infrequency of this latter Italian agricultural icon is telling. Professor Riccardo Valentini, director of the Euro-Mediterranean Center for Climate Change, told The Guardian in March that the season's 25-year record-low olive harvest was attributable to climate change. The economic impact of changes such as these will hit already suffering regions, especially in the south. In July 2019, Italy's official statistics agency, ISTAT, published data on absolute poverty in the nation in the previous year. They found that 11.1% in the southern mainland and 12% of people in the islands lived in absolute poverty, compared to 6.9% in the north and 6.6% in the centre. The agency's 2018 annual report also underlined the South's continued high youth unemployment 34.7% for those aged 15 to 24, well above the 18.7% average for the EU. This latter point is not new for the region, which has a large and historical diaspora. There is a left-behind ageing population, with towns struggling to sustain local economies and keep services open. For this reason, many in the region greeted the arrival of young, often skilled refugees into their communities as a blessing. Riace is a clear example. Its population had shrunk from 3,000 before the Second World War to just 500 by 2004. German film director Wim Wenders created a short film, Il Volo, The Flight, in 2009, about towns such as Riace. He remarked in a speech that year in Berlin, commemorating the fall of the wall that the real miracle isn't here but in Calabria where for the first time I saw a better world I saw a community that through its generous reception of outsiders was capable of resolving not so much the migrant problem but its own challenges regarding its future existence so as not to die by way of depopulation and immigration. Such well-meaning descriptions are grist to the mill for the far right, of course. No more acutely so than at present, given far-right conspiracies about white Europeans supposedly being replaced, a narrative popular with the international far-right and which influenced the white supremacist terror attacks this year in Christchurch, New Zealand, in Poway, California, and at the Walmart mass killings in El Paso, Texas. Worryingly, this conspiratorial narrative has made its way into mainstream European party politics. In Italy, Matteo Salvini in particular has stoked these paranoid xenophobic interpretations of Europe's changing demography. In 2016, he told a journalist, An effort at ethnic replacement is underway. Well-financed organisations are importing thousands to erase Italians living here. This is a lucrative attempt at genocide. At a 2019 press conference, alongside Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban, Salvini repeated these conspiracies, stating, For our children, to leave behind an Islamic caliphate with Sharia law in our cities is not something I want to do, and I'm going to do everything in my power to avert this sad ending for Europe. Despite Salvini's scaremongering, many recognize the normalcy of such flows of people. As Daniela Trapasso, councillor for culture from the nearby town of Badalato, told me, Calabria is part of Magna Grecia, a span of Southern Italy known for its Greek settlers dating as far back as the 8th century BC, an influence still seen in the Greek names of streets on the town. Whilst in Riace, I was shown around by Mario Valloni, Calabrian Regional Coordinator of the National Association of Italian Partisans, alongside Rosa, a regional activist they regularly stopped to show me the recently closed refugee-run businesses and vacated homes. In some cases, Mario told me, the former owners of these businesses now had to resort to begging. The wider damage such rapid commercial decline has wrought on the hillside town, which struggles to compete with its beachfront community for tourists, goes without saying. When I asked Mario and Rosa how many shops had gone, they told me 20 had gone in a matter of days following the election of the new mayor who had vowed to limit the level of immigrants coming to the town. In Wenders' film Il Volo, a character remarks on the serendipitous meeting of fleeing refugees and struggling Calabrian townspeople. It is two problems coming together to make a solution. Speaking to Veronica Peleggi, who works in the welcoming committee in Riace's still thriving neighbouring town of Camini. She told me that when their town first brought in refugees, the situation worked to everyone's advantage, precisely because there were many abandoned places that could be used. As with elsewhere, schools had been able to reopen given the new influx of young people. Veronica stressed, however, that the gains were not just economic. The experience of hosting people had given richness in many ways to the small town. Isaiah, a Nigerian refugee who had been in Riache since 2016, And in Italy, before that, since 2014, echoed this point. As we sat on the steps of one of the town's now closed refugee-run businesses, a shop which had sold Syrian traditional ceramics, he told me how when he and his family came in 2014, there was life. Everywhere was busy. There were tourists coming in, journalists coming in. You know, not just for me, it was bringing money in. It boosted their economy. But suddenly, I don't know what happened. Before I left Calabria, I drove to its northern coast to reach the towns of San Finedino and Rosano. Walking their streets, the intense August heat seemed to add to the deadening quiet, an atmosphere which offered a sense of what may be to come for the southern coast's remaining havens of refuge. San Finedino was a site of large migrant-built camps whose residents were evicted in March 2019. Their makeshift community of tents near the Gioitoro port had been demolished. In a statement, its inhabitants said, We want to let everyone know that we will not accept staying in other tents, check night and day, and not even in reception centres, far from where we work and all where supervised. Expressing their frustration at their tightening options, they added, We don't want to end up on the road if we don't have a document. We want to live free, and we want to live in homes, regardless of whether or not we have a document. Info migrants a new site which provides reliable information for migrants during their journeys, reported in March 2019 that three people had died in the camp due to fires, with arson suspected in some cases. Following Salvini's crackdowns, those still in these towns are more vulnerable than ever. Stopping at a petrol station I spoke to Joseph, a Senegalese refugee who had been in Italy for almost five years. Before San Bernardino he'd been in Catania, the main port in southern Sicily, and now worked at the petrol station after camping elsewhere following Gioia Tiro's port eviction. Motioning to the hill where he had made a temporary new home, he told me, I make plans, but it changes every day. One near certainty was his work in the new year. In the spring, he told me that he worked in the southwestern region of Campania, picking fruit on a farm. A large number of immigrants work in Italy's agricultural sector it's become an increasing source of worker exploitation and abuse, which is the country's South is worsened by considerable mafia control of the industry. Italy's notorious organized crime system was a background theme in many of the discussions I had whilst in Calabria. As one of my guides told me, once you understand the mafia, you understand everything about Italy. As I drove back to Calabria's Southern coast, I stopped to speak with refugees cycling to the region's orange groves for work. I was close to Rosano, known for being a a hub of the Ndrangheta Mafia. According to a 2018 CNN report, it was estimated that the Ndrangheta had a turnover of $60 billion a year, with Oxford University's Zora Hauser telling journalists that amongst agriculture and other areas of Calabrian life, their most recent area of growth had been in the refugee business. A more visceral recent attack on those trying to enter Italy came into effect while I was there. Salvini had managed to pass a security decree to target NGO search and rescue vessels bringing people to Italy's ports. The law means these organisations face potential fines of up to a million euros, plus their captain's arrest and potential destruction of their ships if they ever enter Italian waters with immigrants aboard. A German ship captain, Carola Roquette, had already been arrested and charged when I arrived in Italy after she docked her boat in defiance of the ban by Salvini. In place of recent ad hoc efforts by the EU, the need for a humane and coherent response to dealing with the influx of refugees remains. It also must be collective. Those in distress are not crossing into one nation nor residing there alone. Writing in the Guardian in September 2019 regret due attention to a further collective problem more than existing xenophobic policies she warned what scared her is the damage we are doing to our planet and the hostility that may be unleashed against those fleeing drought famine fires and storms to me the dangers of climate breakdown and the need to help those trying to cross the Mediterranean are intimately linked. Italy too faces its own domestic climate concerns Chiara Saletti women and rights and climate coordinator for the Italian Climate Network A grassroots campaign for tackling climate change in Italy highlighted to me that the country had enormous hydrological problems. The south of Italy in particular, she said, has already experienced for decades problems with its water supply. In Sicily, you don't always have water. She noted that there are going to be large areas that don't have access to water as the planet heated up further. In this scenario, it's worryingly easy to imagine how migrants coming to Italy could further become scapegoats. In May, Matteo Salvini recorded a video for his social media account attacking Luciano, the Riace mayor who brought the town to international attention. In the video, the La Liga figurehead called Luciano a zero, to which the former mayor surprisingly agreed. Yet his response was an attempt to point to the inhumane and isolationist mindset Salvini was trying to foster. Luciano said that he and other Zeros had for many years in their small out-of-the-way towns combined with our weaknesses with many other desperate people from all over the world we shared a dream of a new humanity free from the mafias, from racism, from fascism and from all injustices. In August 2019 La Liga's alliance with the Five Star Movement collapsed and the subsequent coalition formed then between the Five Star Movement and the centre-left Democratic Party. While this is a more positive move that has seen La Liga relegated to the opposition, the far-right has gained considerable ground in Italy and Salvini will only become more vocal in his attacks on progressive visions from those like Luciano. With Italy poised to feel the increasing pressures of climate change at home and from abroad, We must ensure that the spirit of adaptation and welcome that towns like Reache nurtured is not lost.